Welcome to Second Win, the podcast where we uncover the stories, methods, and modalities of women and men who have found their purpose while walking this earth. Sometimes they found their second win by accident, sometimes by hardship, and sometimes by intent. There is always something to learn from others and really isn't finding our own purpose what we are all looking for. I know I am. And that's why I'm hosting this very podcast. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire. Thank you for listening and let's get to it. Second wind. I am so excited to share with you something I've been hinting about for the last, gosh, six months, talking with Morley Robbins today. He had a conference in Atlanta and we're meeting in his hotel right now so we could get this interview live for you today. And I attribute Morley for basically saving my life. And as you all know, I had Lyme and disease and I was diagnosed back in, well, I had it in October and then didn't get the actual diagnosis till end of November, beginning of December, and then started the $30,000 plus worth of treatments, antibiotics and supplements and doctors and hormones. What year was that? This is last year. Last year. (laughs) Very recent. And then a friend of mine at my summer place said, hey, I'm doing this course through Morley Robbins. And she, Carrie Pratt, has been on the podcast. And she is a super smart, super Mm -hmm. intuitive, energetic, open to everything, curious, acupuncture. She just knows it all remembers it all, does it all. And she said, this is where I want to go with my career because I know this works. I see the reasoning and I'm doing this course and I really think this would help you with your Lyme. And I'm like, well, I was brainwashed that I had to take all these antibiotics and then taper through other things and then stop some things and introduce. And I'm going to get Herx, which is when you get really sick from your medicine. And this is all going to happen to me. I said, you know what? I have nothing to lose. Let's try it. I trust you. And then within a week of starting the root cause protocol developed by Morley, I was feeling like myself again. My family noticed. My friends were like, hey, you're back. You've been gone for a while. You're back. And I have not looked back since. Got home in August and took all my medicine. And it was painful because it was very expensive medicine. I'm like, ooh, this was $300. Ooh, this was $400. And just chucking it. So I am thrilled, honored, and so blessed to be able to meet with the gentleman I say has saved my life. And I am more than grateful and grateful for your time today. Mm -hmm. And Morley, welcome to Second Win, the podcast. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. And I think as much as you're patting me on the back, I'm very quick to say, let's make sure that Mother Nature gets her recognition. This is just, oh yeah. I just, I stole it from Mother Nature. And these are basic natural principles that have been studied in the past, but have been swept aside in the mm-hmm. modern era. And it's a delight to be here and have a chance to chat about this. But I think people will be genuinely surprised to learn why it works and how simple it is. And like, well, why doesn't everyone know this? Why doesn't everyone know this? Exactly. That was my question. That's what I keep asking Morley. Why aren't we all doing this? And so I've been out and about telling everyone I know and sending it and go to this website and Mm -hmm. telling my Lyme friends, especially like, you guys, I sent you this information. Why aren't you doing it? Super simple. It doesn't cost anything. Why aren't you doing it? 
oh, you know, and it's the same thing. They're scared. You're actually scared to be sick again. And I get it. I totally get it. I'm like, I promise you, your body's going to take care of you mm -hmm. if you just do what it needs. Absolutely. So let's go back a little bit because it's not like, well, everybody's like, well, is this a doctor? I say, mm -hmm. well, no. And I feel weird saying that, but at the same time, you want to justify it and say, but he hasn't been indoctrinated right. by the system. Well, so Dr. tell us about your, your history a little bit and how we yeah. found this. Well, thumbnail sketch. I was born into a very sickly family. Oh. My mom was an alcoholic and high blood pressure and smoked a lot. All the things. All the things. And my dad was a manic depressive with schizophrenic tendencies. Oh my gosh. And we were always going to the hospital to be visit some relative or my grandmother was at our home because she was having some procedure done or whatever. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. And so my sister, I have an old, had an older sister. She passed away last November. She became the nurse, mm. supposed to become the doctor. Oh. Yeah. So I, I went to college with the expectation that I was going to go to medical school. Because you wanted to help the people yeah, around help. you because you're thrown into it, right? Absolutely. I got you. And I discovered in college that it's really hard. <laughs> the science is really... Science is really hard. <laughs> like calculus? Are you kidding me? I mean, I failed calculus my first time. I don't know. I took it. I knew yeah. better. And I came back next semester and got an A, but it's like the, the die was cast. Once I got the F, it was like, this guy's a reject. So I, oh, I, I never, never made it into medical school. There was one day when I got 12 letters of rejection. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and looking back on it now, it's like I can laugh about it. At the time, I was like, oh, oh I'm sure you're devastated. what am I going to do? Yeah. So if you can't become a doctor, you become a hospital administrator. Mm. And you boss them around. Okay. Yeah. So I went to business school and really enjoyed that. That's, that's when I became academically alive. There's something about the business ac academics that just like, man, I clicked. Like, it clicked and did very well and went into hospital management. I never ran hospitals, but I was always reporting to the CEO. I was in charge of growth and marketing and blue sky. Where are we going? How are we going to grow the business? And then became a consultant for 20 years doing that for organizations all over the country and solving problems. But helping to grow hospitals to make them bigger. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. what I do is see how fast I can shrink them. Very oh, funny. wow. Yeah, it's very funny. Even when I was doing that, it just had this unsettled feeling that there was more to the story. I didn't know what it was. And as I often share with people, when you spend 20 years pulling a suitcase behind your back, because you're going from one city to the next, it puts stress on the shoulder joint. Mm -hmm. And I develop what's called frozen shoulder. Oh, because you were doing that. Right. Oh, 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 oh. And the frozen shoulder got me to a health food store that I'd been going to for 20 years. And they said, well, you need to go see Dr. Liz. And I went, I don't do witchcraft. Because I knew doctor and first name was a chiropractor. I was like, I don't Oh, do you it. knew that Liz was a chiropractor yeah. and that wasn't part that, of your vocabulary. It wasn't part of my shtick because I was an allopathic brat. And so they sold me some supplements. And a couple months later, I came back. I wasn't sleeping. The pain was rising. I couldn't pick my hand above my waist. Yeah. Really, it was really uncomfortable. And so I came back and I said, you must have something stronger. And the owner, she looked me in the eye. And she said, Morley, we love you. Go see Dr. Liz. 
Oh, man. With my tail between my legs, I went to see Dr. Liz. Okay. And she was, at that time, doing what's called network chiropractic. And I walked into this very large treatment room with nine tables ah. and eight other patients. And I took my spot. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I mean, it was, a, it was an out-of-body experience. And, and did you think the whole time, I'm wasting my time here? Well, it, initially I did. Yeah. But then... She figured out what the problem was. The shoulder joint is controlled by the TMJ joint. And the way she solved it was she put her finger on the inside of my mouth and with the full weight of her body matched the tension in the joint with her pressure. This is a very weird visual. Yeah. You're all feeling that way. <laughs> and as she did it, my Your arm, arm went came up. Oh, my God. And that, that was a miracle for me. This is the first time you're seeing her and she's jamming her finger in her mouth? Yeah. You must have been just... I was, I surrendered. Okay. I basically just surrendered and said, you know... I'm... You're at a point where the pain was just whatever, make what it happen. Make... That's what you say when you have Lyme. You're like, if sticking a needle in my eyeball is going to help, here's my eyeball. Exactly, do it. I got you. And after that procedure, she, we, she were chatting and, and she made a reference to some phrase I'd never heard in... 32 years of working in hospitals, she talked about the innate healer. The innate healer. I didn't say anything to her. To myself, I was like, if there's an innate healer, why do we have millions of doctors around the world? That didn't make sense to me. Mm. And so I went out on a quest to try to understand what this was about. And as I, as I was sharing with Wendy before we got started, there was another trigger at almost the exact same time. Oh. Wait, how many years ago was this? This was 2008, 2009. Okay. Yeah, so 15 years ago. Okay. A lot of change can happen in 15 years. Yeah. 15 dog years. But my oldest son, or older son, it's not like I have two sons and two daughters, but my older son gave me a book that he couldn't read. I said, what do you mean you can't read it? He said, it was called Lies My Teacher Told Me, written by a history professor up at the University of Vermont. And it chronicles the untold history of our country that we've never been taught. And it's not really polite. <laughs> mm. It's a lot of stuff that we didn't know was going on. And researched and documented. Oh, very meticulously yeah. researched. And as I got to the end of the book, I thought, well, if they've been lying to us about history. I wonder if they're lying to us about medicine. And it's like it sparked this curiosity and then coupled with this procedure, innate healer, so I wanted to find out who is this innate healer. So you got curious. I got curious. I got real curious. And I've read 7,000 articles. 7,000 articles. And that's more than 7,000 doctors, you know. They don't read. We think they read all the time. Right. No, no they don't have time, they're, especially they're, with the freaking wonderful, insurance. Wonderful, they're wonderful people. They have great, right. great hearts, great minds. They don't have time. And they've been taught how to treat and do this, and they won't deviate from what their training says. Mm -hmm. And the problem with, with that whole dynamic is they've confused their training with the truth. Mm -hmm. They're not the same. I have to interject here because this just popped into my head. My daughter, who has a baby, was supposed to get all the vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, just by living with me and knowing yeah, how right. I feel, I'm... I'm kind of okay, kind of not, let's do research. Do we have to do them all at once? And she does research, I do research. And I'm like, you know, we can spread these out and let her, and some of them she may not need right now. And let's just see if we can spread them out. 
And she goes, well, will you go to the doctor with me? Because she's kind of, she's kind of tough. And, and I don't know. And I'm like, sure, I'll go with you. I sat back and I said, so we're not really sure we want to do all the vaccines at once. We'd like to spread them out. And that doctor went off on both of us, mostly me, because I'm the one who stood up, pointing her finger at me, saying, you don't know what I saw. Okay, so she's 60, at least. You don't know what I saw when I was in training. You didn't see the children with polio. You didn't see, and I'm like, I appreciate that. No, I didn't, and oh my gosh, I can only imagine what you were going through trying to help these kids. And the only thing I said was, I get it, I understand, I was in, I tried to, I was biting my tongue and I was sitting back. My daughter was looking at me like, wow, when is she going to get up and haul off? And I didn't. And I I said, (laughs) you know, the only thing I have to say is there's lots of research. Research keeps happening. There's alternative ideas out there. There's new reasons for things. There's Mm -hmm. new information that we're getting. And so my daughter, long story short, we Packed up the baby, said, okay, well, we're going to think about it. Packed up the baby, walked out of the office, and we both were, like, crying. And I said, that doctor's not letting you be a participant in your child's health care. And she's not willing to look at what's happening now to your point. Hmm. And she wanted her to get her baby vaccinated and her to get vaccinated while she's breastfeeding. And I'm sitting there over my dead body. Is that going to happen? Do you want to know why? There's well, two, because you told me. <laughs> no, there's, there's, two, there's two very simple reasons why, why the doctor went off like that. No, I don't know why. Well, one, she told me, well, the shot I have already has all of the vaccines in it. No. She was a pediatrician? Mm-hmm. Okay, pediatricians are held to a standard that they have to have a certain percentage of their patient population vaccinated. And when they reach a threshold, they get a bonus. Interesting. Who? Where does this bonus come from? Pharmaceuticals? I guess. I don't know. But it's just, it's the dark side that no one knows about. I did not know that. And I, what I learned recently, which really stunned me, you probably heard that when people died of a certain condition a couple of years ago, there was a bonus that went to the hospital. Oh, the COVID. Yeah. Oh, I'll say it. Okay. Right. I'll say that. it. All right. The COVID well, fiasco. I'm calling it a fiasco. Well, it's... it's more than that, but anyway, <laughs> uh, the thing, and, and I've renamed what COVID stands for, which we'll get into, but it's COV stands for coppers vanished, ID stands for irons dysregulated, and you're oh, going to learn why that's really important. My gosh. Yeah, that's what the that's what the whole thing's about. It's about copper and iron. People don't realize that, but but back to the story. Not only did the hospital get a bonus. The treating doctor got a bonus. I did not know that. We're talking tens of thousands of dollars per case that died of C-19. Now, my son worked in a hospital in the food and beverage department, and they made him get vaccinated, but he didn't do any more than that. And he said, Mom, we had people come in who died of a motorcycle accident, and they labeled it COVID. Exactly. That's true. And I just and, and the blink, went, blink. Went both to the doctor, treating doctor, and to the hospital. So interesting. There's a darkness out there that just it's playing in the background, and we need to be aware of that. Yeah. So in your curiosity and your research and your reading, where so, do you? How do you come upon? So the journey. Your... So the journey really began. It's really kind of funny. 
when I had that epiphany with Dr. Liz, I was in a situation where I, I was available to do what I wanted to do. Mm. And I had been let go from a major hospital system for no good reason, but it's kind of musical chairs. And mm. so then the music stopped and there wasn't a chair for me. And I'm like, okay. But I left with a very nice severance. So I, didn't, I wasn't worried about money. And actually, I've never been worried about money. But, but the thing is, I became Dr. Liz's Girl Friday. I went from working in hospitals to working in a chiropractic office, checking people in and out. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was really, it was a fun experience. And I said, do you mind if I do research? She said, as long as you check people in, check them out, you can do what you want to do. So I started to read. And I was talking with her clients. And this one client I was a psychologist. And we, we were having these engaging conversations. And she said, you know, I think you should write articles about what you're researching, but I think you should use paradoxical intent. I went, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> she said, it's reverse psychology. I went, oh, I love that. So I wrote, started writing articles on let's break bones. Let's make a heart attack. For the reason why? Because what I was going to do was deconstruct it. Exactly. And so okay. the, the one article, the, the one that was the most fun was let's make a heart attack. Don't have a heart attack. That's too passive. Let's go on the offense and let's make it happen. And it was so instead of saying, let's, how do you prevent a heart attack? Like everybody else says, right. Let's, let's have one and then go backwards. And, I, and it was a 10 step plan. Every one of them was a 10 step plan. You know, one, the, the first book I ever did was, was this big. Wow. And it was called let's get fat. Let's get fat. It was great. And you deconstruct just like when you watch a movie and they rewind the scene exactly. of how they ended up slapping each other in the face, right? Same right. idea. <gasps> here's, the kicker, here's the kicker is the 10-step plan for let's make a heart attack. Seven of the 10 steps came from the American Heart Association. What they're telling you to do to, quote, prevent actually causes a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> and so step number eight in this article was eliminate magnesium in your diet. It's a, if you want to have a heart attack, make, make sure you have no magnesium in your diet. And so I wrote the article, I shared it with a cardiologist, and he said, he said, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. And then I was sharing it with another one of Dr. Liz's practitioners. And she said, you know, she said, this is really this is very clever. I like the way you did it. It's very informative. She said, but I can't help but think that step number eight isn't more important than you realize. Mm-hmm. And that was, step number eight was, eliminate the magnesium. So I thought, that's a good point. Okay, I'll research magnesium. That's how I got started. Because she suggested maybe- Wow, so it's really, truly- Oh, divine. People coming into Absolutely. your circle when you needed to hear guided. the information. I was being guided. I truly believe and I, that. And I'm still being guided to this day. Yeah. And so I remember reading Carolyn Dean's The Magnesium Miracle. Hmm. It's a wonderful book. If you haven't read it, it's a great, great book. And I was reading it like it was a murder mystery because then I was understanding why everyone was in the hospital because oh, everyone was wow. magnesium deficient. Wow. And, and what the simple thing is, stress causes magnesium loss. So I invented a term, the magnesium burn rate. How's your magnesium burn rate today? And Because that, you were focused on the stress. Exactly. Because that's what they tell you. Stress causes heart attacks. Stress causes high blood pressure. Stress causes you to gain weight. Stress, which it oh. does. Stress is evil in your body. We know that. But they don't tell you what but stress they don't, really. They don't right. Tell you, they don't tell you why your body's reacting to the stress the way it is. And so I focused on magnesium 
because if, if you lose magnesium to stress, well, then let's put magnesium in. And yeah, that'll, that'll I, solve it, right? right? And I no. thought that, and, and I remember a practitioner saying, Morley, if it were that simple, we would have figured that out. I'm like, well, maybe you don't understand it the way I do. <laughs> I was so, so, so um, ignorant and so arrogant in the beginning. But then I was reading an article by an Italian iron researcher. Because Wendy wanted to know, what was what was the light bulb moment for me? In the second wind In the second world, wind. yes. What was the thunderbolt? And I'm reading this article, and in the first sentence was just like captivating. It said, the greatest stress on planet Earth is iron stress. I went, iron. Oh, oh my God, iron. And, I did, and then I realized iron interacts with oxygen to create oxidative stress. That's the stressor that no one talks about. you hear about the oxidative stress that we get from our environment right. wreaks havoc in our bodies. And, and it took years to connect the dots between magnesium and iron and oxygen. And then I went, well, wait a minute, there must be something that's regulating the iron and the oxygen, and it's copper. Copper. And it's not just copper, it's bioavailable copper. And, and what makes it bioavailable is retinol got to have real vitamin A in your diet because that activates the enzymes to load copper in the what are called cuproenzymes that run and regulate our body. It's not rocket science. Okay, it's not rocket science. So how are you, the non-doctor, figuring this out and no one else is? Because I wasn't indo indoctrinated. Ah, back to the beginning. Right. And so I came at it with a very fresh perspective. I was asking, what if? And one of my friends, brilliant, brilliant scientist many people are familiar with mit massachusetts institute oh yeah 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 MIT. i went well, to unh so yeah i'm okay. well aware okay well mit would be a feeder program for india institute of technology really oh yeah oh they have they have a hundred thousand applicants for every slot it's, from mit no 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 from no. india to from MIT. india no from india to iit India Institute of Technology. Right. These people are brilliant. Wow. And the scientist that I've befriended, uh, he got his bachelor's and master's in chemistry and then came to the States to go to Hopkins to get a PhD in theoretical chemistry. I'm like, oh my God, my head hurts just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> theoretical chemistry. But, 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 the, wow. but this individual is just brilliant. And after about a, a year of our dialogue, he said, Morley, you have mastered the art of the simple question simple question and i just keep asking simple what's questions. the simple question oh well, just any question you ask keep it as simple keep as you it simple stupid the kiss method absolutely absolutely and it was why does iron keep creating problems with oxygen in the human body and, and what, are you are you thinking to yourself that what you're finding with the iron and the oxygen having this ridiculous relationship that's not being monitored properly, right. that this is the cause of our ailments? All, Are you thinking all, that? Absolutely, all ailments. Okay. And, and the thing is, it gets really deep really fast, but the planet Earth has not always had oxygen. Mm. That's, it gets into heretical subjects of when did the clock begin? And, right, right, and right. It's, it's a very sensitive subject. But in any event, oxygen's not always been here. And Right. We, well, things didn't start multiplying and growing until the oxygen exactly. existed. And what's important to know is that it was actually a copper enzyme in phytoplankton 
mm. that started to produce oxygen. That's that's photosynthesis. Mm -hmm. it started to produce oxygen, and it the oxygen went into the water, and then it went into the land, and then it went into the air. <clears throat> when there was one tenth of one percent oxygen in the air, mm -hmm. one tenth of one percent, it wiped out ninety nine percent of life on the planet because it was all anaerobic. All the life forms before that event were able to exist without oxygen. Oh, okay. And so when, when oxygen got to one-tenth of one percent, boom, there's this mess. It's called the great oxygen event. I've never even heard of this. No, most people haven't. The great oxygen event. Well, it makes and sense, though. It does make sense. And so at that time, what's important... Is that why we have all those fossils? Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely right. Yeah. Good question. And so what's important to know, though, is that now we live in an environment where there's 21% oxygen in the air. Not okay. one-tenth of 1%. 21% of the air we breathe has oxygen. It's a poison, folks. It's not, it's not our We can't live without it, but we can't age without it either. And so oxygen needs to be turned into water to release energy. It's the most important enzyme chemical reaction on the planet is turning the oxygen that we breathe into H2O. And when that happens in our mitochondria, energy gets released. And here's the, here's the catch. Oxygen is meant to become water. Uh -huh. And just like our cars, most of us drive cars, you know, Whenever we're producing energy to drive the vehicle, we're producing exhaust. Yes. There's always exhaust coming out. And that works the same way in our mitochondria. We're producing energy, and there's an exhaust being given up. But the energy and the exhaust is supposed to be in equilibrium. Okay. What happens is when you start to run out of copper, energy production goes down, exhaust rises, mm. and this is called oxidative stress. Now, why is this so important? Well, there's only four things that copper does on the planet. Only four things. And copper is an element. Copper is an element. Okay. It's an atom. Number 32. <laughs> it's actually, I think it's 27. I don't know why I said 32. But the point is, the only four things that copper does. It creates energy. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. Okay. It clears exhaust. The en enzymes to clear oxidative stress are copper dependent. Mm. It catalyzes enzymes. That's a big deal. And it combats all enemies, bacteria, fungus, virus, mm. and parasites, all cave in the presence of copper. So you've got this element that basically regulates life on the planet. And in traditional Chinese medicine, it's, copper is referred to as the general. And in I, Chinese medicine. That's why Carrie did this, because she's, she's very into studying and, Chinese medicine. That's and why. iron is the foot soldier. Iron is the foot soldier. Now... I was kind of intrigued when I learned that. I thought, well, I wonder how many generals there are in the U.S. Army. 242 by law. I didn't know that. And, 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 right? By law. By law. Okay. And there's 480,000 troops. Now, the thing is, the numbers in the human body are a little different. For every copper general, there's 50 iron foot soldiers. 50 to 1 ratio is a big difference. Is this per cell? It's at a macro level in the body. It varies from cell to cell. Okay. Because I think people need to understand that we're made up of cells. Yeah. And every cell has that little energy mitochondria brain. 
Well, let's let's right? expand on that. Okay. There's a hundred trillion cells in our body. Hundred trillion. That's twelve zeros. Okay. Hundred trillion cells, and there's amazing. There's forty quadrillion. That's fifteen zeros. Forty quadrillion mitochondria. Ooh. We were taught that there's one mitochondria per cell. Well, obviously not. The, 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 the there's more mitochondria than cells. Go, go back to your high school biology text, open up the page. Yeah, to it the says cell, one per cell. And it's the picture. We didn't know the picture was drawn by Walt Disney. It's just a cartoon, folks. It has nothing to do with And the little Walt. electrons and protons and yeah, the neutrons, all, the positive, it, negative, and all that it's stuff. It's all a cartoon. Think the average cell has 500 mitochondria. Five hundred mitochondria, and I thought it was one. And you thought it was one. Oh my god! Now here's where it gets fascinating. The average liver cell, yeah, two thousand mitochondria. Oh well, we need them down there. Kidney cell, four thousand mitochondria. Wow. Okay. Heart cell, ten thousand mitochondria. Mature egg in a woman's body. You ready? Mm -hmm. Six hundred thousand mitochondria. And there's some brain cells, they're called neurons, but there's some brain cells that have 2 million mitochondria. Well, this is like, wait, that's just, I can't even comprehend that. But here's the kicker. This is really important. Paul Cobine, distinguished professor of chemistry at Auburn University, he's the guy that figured out in 2004 and 2006 that there's 50,000 atoms of copper in each mitochondria. Oh. It's... So in each of the... 40 quadrillion of yeah oh my gosh that's and, an and no one's talking about this right no one's talking about have you ever heard your doctor talk about copper have you ever had your doctor no. measure your copper or the copper protein called ceruloplasmin and ceruloplasmin is like a tank that has eight copper atoms inside it and it's what's it doing oh my god it does yeah, what's like, it doing it does like 20 different things it's the master antioxidant protein in the body Copper. Copper. So why don't we see copper? Like when people say, oh, resveratrol. No, no, no. What is that? When people find like a thing, what is it that's in, in wine? The red wine. Oh, resveratrol. Yeah. Resveratrol. Yeah. Oh, that's so good for you. You need to have that. So if copper is this thing, you would think that we would see a blast about copper everywhere and no. we would be buying it and doing no, all the things. You're, you're being polyamorous. I know. <laughs> so, so there's no money. I know. There's no money in healthy humans. It was a rhetorical question. There's no money in healthy humans. There's no, no money in dead humans. Where's the money? Well, when you're sick and when sick. you need drugs. Right. Yeah. And keep them coming back. Keep them coming back and keep selling them drugs. or That's the whole Lyme world, morally. Or supplements. Do you know that most supplement companies yeah. are owned by Big Pharma? Now, why would they sell you a supplement that's going to solve the problem and not need the medication? They're not going to do that. It doesn't work that way. Oh. The game is rigged <laughs> against us. The yeah, game it's rigged. is rigged against us. The, okay, that's important. We're going to use that for the title of this. Whatever. The game is rigged against us. Wendy and I are chatting about is learning new rules that we can use to play the game but stay in control. Because mm -hmm. really what the root cause protocol is about is creating health sovereignty so we can become medically independent. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. So you're studying along, you're learning about copper, you're learning all these things. You, you read this article about this amazing 
doctor. And then the light bulb goes off again. Here's the copper yeah. introduction. And that you're saying copper does what? Controls it's, everything? Yeah. And when you when you go back to the beginning of time, when copper first came on the planet, mm -hmm. there were three elements that it came with. <laughs> they were like, oh, wow. So there's enzymes that are called multi-copper. They have several copper atoms in them. Multi-copper oxidases. And what does that mean? means they turn oxygen into water. We have a thousand different forms of multi-copper oxidases in our gut. Oh. A thousand different forms. That's a big deal. It's, it's a thing. And so the other chemical that was there, melatonin, you've heard of it. Oh, yeah. It's good for sleep, right? Yeah. It's a master antioxidant inside the mitochondria. Oh. That's where it hangs out. Oh. But melatonin inside the mitochondria, glutathione inside the cell, ceruloplasmin inside the body. These are the master antioxidants of our, of our okay. system. But the third chemical that, that showed up, and it's a big deal, is called cholesterol. You've heard of it, right? Oh, yeah. It was already the beginning, and now it's a poison. Oh, but we need it. Of course we need it, especially as we age. And That's and it's just interesting. everything's been turned upside down and backwards because there's money in keeping people safe. So you do, think, do you think as we went along... And now we're dealing with more and more diseases. Did we, uh, I hate to say it, but did we create more problems? Well, by, did we see that we could solve something and then did we say, ooh, let's not actually solve it? It's hard to say. Hard I mean, to say. Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a great question. I mean, let's just maintain, because my idea about medicine is medicine is you taking those pills for your blood pressure is to keep you here. Not let you get worse, not let you get right. better, exactly. but just maintain where you're at. And right. that's how we know what's going on with you and your doctors can control that. And we're good and you're paying lots of money and the insurance and blah, blah, blah. It keeps the system rolling right along. Right. But if you were to stop and say, wait a second, I just want, I don't want to just take medicine for this. I want to do everything I can to get to the root cause of it so that I don't need the medicine. That's right. But we don't want to do that. Well, the system doesn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I think... When I'm chatting with people, they're like, this makes so much sense. Yeah. It's so simple. I said, yeah, it really is. And so the concept that I use is a lot of people have what I call a mailbox mindset. There's hundreds, thousands of different conditions, and everyone has a different combination to open it up. Oh, wow. There's a different medication for this condition. Yes. Oh, hypertension or... Oh, you have. You're you have, on this medicine for this, this for this, this for this. You have gout. Oh, you have heart disease. What? You know, yeah. So, oh, there's this, you know, there's a sea of mailboxes. Okay. They all have a different combination. Right. Well, when I was in college, I worked in a mailroom at college. I worked on the backside. I had access to everyone's mailbox. Okay. And that's what the root cause protocol is. Okay. All conditions, but this is really important for people to understand. There's. 32,000 conditions profiled in the Merck manual. 32,000. Oh, God. Merck what? being the pharmaceutical right. bigwig. And there's only one thing missing. There's no mention of the protagonist in our body. There's no mention of copper. But what's important for people to understand is that all of those 32,000 conditions are all triggered by one thing, oxidative stress. Depending upon where it is in the body, depending upon the order of magnitude, and people get all worked up about 
hormone dysregulation and inflammation, fatigue, mm-hmm. and all, everything keys off the status of oxygen in the body. And if the oxygen's not being regulated and managed properly, all of the complicated chemicals in our body, the hormones, the neurotransmitters, the neuropeptides, all of those chemicals are reacting to oxygen status inside our body. And even right into our gut. And especially what's going on in the liver. Mm. The liver is just this grand central station of monitoring what's going on with the body. Yeah. And if people don't realize our liver goes to sleep when we do, and then it wakes up at like four in the morning to start processing again. And if you've gone to sleep with the alcohol and the food and stuff, it right. just sat there and it wakes up and goes, oh, crap, look what I got to deal with. And she's going to be up in three hours. Like, exactly. And it's this mad rush. Exactly. And so, again, the Chinese have a clock. Mm-hmm. Four o'clock is liver time. And so what's important for people to realize is that the liver is designed to store copper and retinol. In the modern era, it's been iron depot. Mm. Once iron starts to build in the liver, it kills copper and retinol metabolism Mm. by design. Okay. Now, Now, when did they first understand this? There was a very enterprising team of scientists at University of Wisconsin, Hart, Steinbach, Waddell, and LVM, each of them should have gotten Nobel Prizes, but they never would because... Because it goes against the grain. Because it went yeah. against the grain. They, what they did was they fed rodents a copper-deficient diet. They took copper out of the diet completely. They wanted to see what, what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> and what happened? The rodents all developed iron-toxic livers. All the iron went into the liver, and it created this false state of anemia. That's what, that's what most people suffer from is, is iron stuck in the liver and can't get out to, into the bloodstream. But this is a 1928. Well, it's been updated every 20 years. They know exactly what's going on. Oh and what's gosh. fascinating is a, a team of scientists, Kim and Gonzalez, in 2021, mm-hmm. they studied 50... 2021. 2021. Okay, that's like last year. 1928-2021. Yeah. About 100 years later. They were focusing on genes. They focused on 15 genes, uh-huh. several that relate to zinc, several that relate to copper, several that relate to iron. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to see which of these 15 genes, if any, will change expression in the face of copper deficiency being fed to the animal. Okay. <laughs> Only one gene went through the roof, and it's a gene called ferritin light ferritin. chain. And ferritin light chain produces a protein ferritin that loads iron at a really fast rate in the liver. Oh my gosh. And what they were able to do is verify almost 100 years later what the team in Wisconsin had already seen. seen in 1928. They, they, they were just doing it at a macro level. Now we're at a genetic level. Right. It's incredible. And it's the same information. Oh, same information, same conclusion. And now the world is awash in fear of COVID. COVID and all the stuff. Because they don't understand what COVID stands for. A lot of people suffering from anemia. Yeah. Not, not knowing that there's two principal kinds. Anemia of iron deficiency mm-hmm. and anemia of chronic inflammation. Mm-hmm. So people think it's, well, it's got to be the iron deficiency. In order to believe in anemia of iron deficiency, you have to accept the following. Prior to COVID, I would have argued that humans were the most evolved species. Now I'm not so sure. I'm kind of on the fence now. But the thing is, in order to accept that, that we are iron deficient, mm-hmm. 
means that the number one species on the planet, the most evolved species on the planet, is having trouble metabolizing. Can't figuring out the basic elements. No, it's not just the basic element. Iron is the number one element on planet Earth. 35% of the Earth's composition is, is iron. So that means that the most evolved species has lost the ability has to metabolize. Figure it out. And, and, and what's important for Which goes against Mother Nature. Evolution. Of course it does. And the thing is, people need to know that every facet of iron metabolism requires copper. copper. Again, we're back to the general and the foot soldier. Yeah. And so think of it this way. The analogy I use is we're all familiar with kitchens. Uh-huh. Kitchens have three principal appliances. They got a stove, mm -hmm. you got a refrigerator, mm -hmm. and they got a microwave. Not yes. all, but many do. Most do. So let's just focus on the stove. Mm -hmm. There, when we go inside those energy factories that we were talking about, the mitochondria, yeah. there's a chain of events, and there's five stops on that chain of events. And stop number four, it's formally called cytochrome C oxidase. It's a copper-dependent enzyme, but iron's there, and it acts like a stove. It really does. It's amazing. And the, and the stove is holding oxygen mm -hmm. so that copper can slice and dice oxygen and turn it into water. It's absolutely amazing when you get into the, the biochemistry of it. Here's the, the important point. All of the optics of modern medicine, modern biochemistry, they've got these super electron microscopes mm -hmm. focusing on the stove. And there's no mention of the fact that there's a chef. Slicing and dicing. Oh, I get what you're saying. See? Okay, it took a minute, but I get it now. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're mesmerized by the stove, and we don't know there's actually a chef. Or as I call it, a cuisine artist. And that way you can see the C-U hyphen, and there's a symbol for copper. Cuisine artist, who's actually doing all the work, but the stove is getting all the credit. And that's done time and time and time and time again in medicine. Interesting. Well, Give all just the credit. says it all, doesn't it? Give all the credit to the iron and ignore that chef. Ignore the general. Well, then he walks out and then you got a shit show. That's exactly basically. right. Yeah, right. And or so and what, what people don't realize is that there's a lot of chemicals in our environment now mm. that disrupt the copper proteins, cause copper to come become unbound. And there's things like citric acid, ascorbic acid, antibiotics, birth control pills, hormone All the stuff they're putting us on and giving us right. and in our foods. And one of the things on the root cause protocol, and it was in my diet, even though I have a very clean diet, was citric acid. Yeah. And Carrie said to me, Wendy, you got to get the citric acid out. Yeah. And I go, well, I'm doing this and this and this, and this is good for me, right? And she looks at it, she goes, it says citric acid right there. I'm like, oh, crap. And then it's, everywhere. it's in my husband's prepared chicken salad. Of course. Because it's prepared. So now. It's, a, it's an antioxidant, wink, wink, don't you know? It, yeah. So you think it's good for, <laughs> you know, you're reading. And when I talk to my friends who are, some of my friends are very smart. I'm like, that has citric acid. You, you, that's something that's not going to help you. It's, but it's an, yeah, right. it's an antioxidant. It's good for me. But the root cause protocol, you get rid of it. And it's amazing. Well, anyway, well, we'll no, get no, to that. Just... The root cause protocol. So how did you take all of this okay. and turn it into the root cause protocol? What made you do that? Because you could have the information, you could write about the information, but you didn't actually have to act upon the information and give it to me. Well, 
to make me better. No, because you did it all for me, obviously. Of course. <laughs> no, it's I, I, I as I got into it, I realized that this was the the hidden mechanism of disease that no one seemed to know about, or they. I think there are many scientists who know it. They have to be very careful how they reveal it. Mm -hmm. And oh yeah, because they could they lose their funding. They lose their right. And so I was reading an article by Ray Peet. He was a famous hormone researcher. He just died recently, just a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And um, he was 86 years old. But people are still wondering, how did he die? They want to know how he died. But yeah. the thing is, he wrote an article about iron. And in that article, towards the end, he was talking about ceruloplasmin. I was like, I sat up and took notice because he was talking about my baby. Yeah. And he said, to my knowledge, no one has ever developed a diet to increase ceruloplasmin. And went, boom, another light bulb moment. I said, wow. that's what I'm going to do. Wow. And and so then I set, set out to find what stops ceruloplasmin production, what stimulates ceruloplasmin production. And I started out with a couple things that stop it, a couple things that, that start it, and then it grew into what it is today. There's a dozen stops and like 15 starts. That's why you call it start and stop. Mm -hmm. It's all about oh. enhancing the production and activity of ceruloplasma. And remind us again what the ceruloplasma is. Ceruloplasmin. Plasmin, sorry. Yep, get it right. <laughs> uh, when I when I was narrating my book, it's called Cure Your Fatigue. I was actually narrating it in the western suburbs of uh, Atlanta, mm. and it's called Lantern Audio. And I've discovered that I had that word in my book like a thousand times. Oh wow! And after a while, you do start to you lose interest in saying ceruloplasmin. You just say ceruloplasma. Oh, okay. And and the technician would say, no, you got to do it again. I said, look, it's my book. I can say it any way I want. He says, no, you're going to say it. Oh. So ceruloplasmin, it's hard to describe its importance. It's one of the biggest proteins in our body. Mm. It's it's enormous in size. It's enormous in, in importance. And you would think, well, all doctors should know this. Mm -hmm. They don't. Mm. They've, they've not been... They've, been, they've not been taught about minerals. I tease them that their degree stands for mineral denialist. Mm. And that's a fact. And they don't know anything about minerals. They know what they know, but they don't know what they don't know. Right. And so what I focused on is what they don't know. And there's a lot of information out there so about much. what they don't know. And what I really honed in on is iron, magnesium copper, and retinol. I know a lot about those four nutrients. And I mean, there are other things that I know about, like other minerals and things, but those are the four that are really critical in our body. Mm -hmm. And the world is lost in dementia, taking yeah. their, their vitamin D. Got to have my vitamin D, D, D. Yeah, this is surprising. So we're not supposed to be. And I've had doctors and practitioners come to me and say, make sure oh. you're taking 5,000 milligrams of vitamin D a day. Our body isn't getting it. And you're people, saying, people, stop. Stop. Get, get your vitamin D from cod liver oil. Because mm -hmm. there's 10 times more retinol than vitamin D. And that's really what the body wants. But the thing is, people didn't catch the fact that, that allopathic and alternative doctors are both recommending vitamin D. Right, they are. 
doesn't make sense. They don't agree on anything. And so that's the catch. When famous saying by Mark Twain, when you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to switch sides. Interesting. And so I've, I've been battling this issue for 14 years. And it's a very, the intake of vitamin D is a bomb inside the body. Bomb. And also like when we, if people were saying, if you're getting ill, Oh yeah. Take zinc, take vitamin D, take vitamin C, but it's the wrong kind of vitamin C. That's a And you're saying, don't take that stuff. No, stop taking ascorbic acid. Because ascorbic acid blows up the ceruloplasmin protein. Mm, And we need that. And we need that. We need that for what? I've seen as many as 20 different functions that are performed by one protein. It's probably way more than that. Well, the thing we don't even know about. What people need to understand is that the, the business model of big pharma is based on one gene, one protein, one function. That's their whole paradigm of activity. One gene, one protein, one function. Ceruloplasmin, one gene, ceruloplasmin gene, CP gene, one protein, 20 functions. There's 20 copper binding sites on the nucleus, on the exon of the nucleus of ceruloplasmin. That's mumbo jumbo for saying it's a big deal. (laughs) It's It's a really big deal. And people don't no, they they think that well, glutathione is the master antioxidant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big push right now. Glutathione is a tricycle, and ceruloplasmin is a tank. I'd oh. rather be in a tank if I'm in a fight. Ah, oh. well, let me ask you this because you come up with the root cause protocol, and there's what eighteen stops? How many stops no, are there? There's about about twelve stops and fifteen starts. And fifteen starts. And the idea is you read all the reasons why, kind of what we've sort of talked about today, and then you go through the stops at your own pace. I love that you're saying, hey, don't stress yourself out. Start, just try to get rid of some of these and then bring in the starts Mm -hmm. gradually as you can. Now, of course, me, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just stop that and that because I had most of them done already. And then the starts, I'm like, Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Because I was feeling so good. So when I tell people about the root cause protocol right now, I tell everyone, everybody should be doing this. In my opinion, everyone should be following this to some degree. But you had Lyme. And I'm like, okay, well, it was especially important for me with Lyme because as, as you and I found out, I was actually feeding the Lyme by the dysregulation mm-hmm. of the copper and the iron that was getting blood work, right. asking for different parts of blood work that you may not get the results of that you ask for to look at. Right. Looking at all this stuff, I sent him pages and pages and pages of stuff. He said, oh, I can see exactly what's going on here. Right. And the thing, what people need to understand, again, copper's a general, iron's a foot soldier, copper's regulating iron, and Lyme disease is it's a convergence of low energy Ugh. lots yes. of, lots of pathogens lots of pathogens and copper iron dysregulation yeah and, and everyone i've ever worked with who has lyme disease is iron toxic and they go they'll very quickly say no i'm anemic i said well, wait 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 well, you told me there's no such thing as anemia really there really isn't right and so iron 
in a blood work is not revealing the iron in the tissue. Right. And Bruce Ames, famous scientist at Berkeley, in 2004, did a very important study where he discovered that there can be 10 times more iron in the tissue than shows up in the blood work. Wow. And so there's something called an iron recycling program that most people don't know about. But the key is people who are chronically ill very often have iron that's stuck in their tissue. Mm -hmm. That's dis It's creating oxidative stress. It's disrupting their immune system horribly. They don't Which causes that. inflammation. Causes inflammation. Yeah. Very often they're getting antibiotics, not knowing that the antibiotics are killing copper in the body. And so copper is going down. And when copper goes down, folks, iron rises. Back to 1928 and 2021. As soon as copper is deficit, iron is building in the tissue. Starts in the liver, goes to the heart, the endocrines, the brain, the kidneys. Which is why when you have Lyme, Every you get the heart thing. I would be sitting there and my heart rate would go from 54 to 97 yeah. out of nowhere. Freaking scary stuff. It is scary stuff. Yeah. And just to be sick when you've tried so hard your whole life to be healthy. So the cornerstone of the root cause protocol is ignore the enemies, ignite the energy. That's huge. That's worth saying again. Ignore the enemies. We've been taught to focus on the enemies, on the particle, and ignore the energetic field, right? We've got to ignite that energy mm -hmm. because the immune system requires two things. It requires energy and intelligence. Mm -hmm. And copper brings both. Copper brings both. Very interesting point. So I have a dear friend of mine who I said, hey, I'm meeting with Morley today. Mm. Well, have any questions? She's a typical, she's been on the podcast too. And she's a 50 year old woman, yeah. married, never had children has a business in really good shape, I think, not overweight at all. If anything, she's too thin. And she said, well, you know, I'm working a lot, but hormones, allergies, constant aches and pains and muscles and joints in certain areas of my everyday life and fun. And I have no libido. I know stress and no time for complete relaxing is part of the problem and eating poorly and bad sleep are not helping me at all. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty much everybody to no, some no, degree. And um, everybody's like, well, how does this root cause protocol? How would you say to somebody who's very typical here with aches and pains and stress and no libido and right. poor sleep and not eating as well as they would like? What do you say? How does the root cause protocol? It's all of those that? conditions are connected. Mm -hmm. They're all connected to oxidative stress. <clears throat> the oxidative stress is not coming from Mars. It's coming from inside iron toxic cells, building the tissue. And so what's important for people to realize is that if you have stress in your world, you have oxidative stress in your body. Mm -hmm. Our very response and perception of stress triggers hormonal reaction, adrenaline and cortisol. Stress that we perceive? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, there's four main types of stress. There's physical stress, mm -hmm. environmental stress. Mm -hmm. There's metabolic stress, right? Mm -hmm. And psychological stress. Mm -hmm. Those are the four. Those are the big four stressors. Well, we've all got those. 
And oh, just by living. Just by living. Right. Uh, the diet is incredibly important, and that's a major environmental factor. People don't realize the food they're eating is creating chaos in their body because the food processing and the farming industry doesn't care about our shelf life. They worry about the food shelf life, but not our, our shelf life. So, but the thing is, the stress that we're under, as soon as you start to produce oxidative stress, back to our earlier discussion, mm -hmm. means you're not converting enough oxygen to water, so then you're not releasing the You're energy. not getting the crap out of you. Well, you're not just, not, in addition to not getting the crap out of you, you're not getting energy. So, of course, you're going to have fatigue. And that's why we don't feel like going to do the things we need to do to get better, right. to exercise or go right. for a walk. Right. And so then what's, ah. what's that, you know, she was talking about hormones, hormone dysregulation. Well, where are the hormones made? Well, between the liver and the adrenal glands, that's where they all get made. And what's important to understand, again, all those chemicals are responding to oxygen, state of oxygen. But the thing is, we're designed to have copper and designed to have the copper protein. And that is a major regulator in our body and in our tissue. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have that ceruloplasmin, there's a backup plan. What's that? It's called estrogen. Oh, 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 and that's why we get estrogen dominant. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh. And so, oh my gosh. If ceruloplasmin is low, which then causes breast cancer. Bingo. And breast cancer cells have five times more iron than the healthy cells next to them. Again, it's all connected. It really is. It's hard to believe that this little mechanism between copper and iron is at the pivot point, but it is. And so if estrogen is dominant, it means that cholesterol is subbasement. Well, if copper is low, where's iron? Raging, right? Mm -hmm. And what's happening to Oxygen, then? oxidative stress is rising. Uric no water. No water, no energy. Uric acid. Uric acid's going crazy, right? That's the stuff that causes gout well, and kidney stones, right? And all that stuff. Read Johnson's book, Nature Wants Us to Be Fat, or David Perlmutter's book, Drop Acid. Uric, <laughs> uric acid is connected to just about every chronic disease. The problem is wow. we're designed to have uric acid, high levels of uric acid, now they're hyperbolic levels because of high fructose corn syrup. Oh, yeah, that stuff kill you. Coupled with a lack of copper. If you don't have copper, you can't regulate uric acid. And what's in all our food? If you go and you start reading today, read what you're buying. If, you, if it's packaged, read it. If it's canned, read it. And what you'll find, oh you're my gonna, God. you're going to find citric acid. Yep. You're going to find fructose. Mm -hmm. Fruct they're called corn sugars now. It's not, they're not going to call it. Oh, yeah, they've changed. They're, as we get smarter, they go one further step to fool us. And then they're all going to they. They're going to be iron fortified. It's going to be enriched. Yeah, anything enriched you anything want to stay away from. The only people getting rich are the food manufacturers, not us eating it. Get enriched. Get enriched. Get, enri get it? Get yeah. enriched. And the, the food. Oh, my you read, you Take the time to read the label. Yeah. Again, I think it was Julia Child who said, if it doesn't, Read like a recipe. You shouldn't eat it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, bring the readers into the store. Yeah. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta. It's like playing Russian roulette. Just to give the listeners an example. When I was 16, I had to get glasses in order to, to drive. Uh-huh. And 
and I wore those glasses until I was 40. Uh-huh. And on my 40th birthday, I went to get my eyes checked and they said I needed bifocals. I said, At 40? I said, Lord. no. I said, just make it stronger and I'll come back in an hour. So she did what I asked. She made the glasses stronger. Okay. I couldn't see. Oh. I went, God damn it. Yeah. So she said, you need bifocals. I said, okay, I'll give me the bifocals. So I wore those glasses with bifocals, never got them changed until I was in my 50s. Uh-huh. Then as I got older, started doing all this reading, you, know, you start you start working with these devices and you're looking at this yeah. point, point 0.3 font. And um, I started wearing cheaters on top of my bifocals. Yeah. And then after a while, I started to get headaches. Uh-oh. And Dr. Liz comes to my rescue again. Mm. She said, why don't you take off your glasses? I said, well, then I wouldn't be able to see. She says, why don't you just see? I can see two-point font. Because of the protocol, my vision is better than it was when I was 16. Oh, that would be nice. Better than it was when I was 16. Interesting. And I just celebrated my 70th birthday a few weeks ago, folks. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just I would never have expected it. And You didn't set out to disrupt the medical field, but you are. And my question to you is, why isn't this being in, well, I guess we know why. It should be being embraced, but it's not because of the money. The money game. It's all about the money. It's about money and control. That's what runs the planet. And maybe with with the passage of time, maybe that operating control will, will ease up a little bit. But for now, it's all about money and control. Yeah. And people know what they know, especially our doctors. They don't know what they don't know. Uh-huh. And that's where I've spent my time is focusing on what don't we know. Right. And it's out there. That's the amazing thing. It's The information is not being hidden, folks. It's just not it's being just not taught. Surf. It's just like, it's not being the fa- like the Hunter Biden computer. They had it, right. but nobody knew. But nobody knew. It's oh, my gosh. And, and so one of the most fascinating studies was done in Berlin, Germany, mm-hmm. 1927. And you have to picture... These are two of the most preeminent scientists of the day, Otto Warburg and Hans Krebs. People mm, probably heard of the Krebs, Krebs cycle. cycle. Right. Well, Krebs, Adolf Krebs, Hans Adolf Krebs, that was his full name. He worked for Warburg from 1926 to 1930, okay. before the war. And what's really funny is to see the articles that they wrote, and they would be arguing with the, with each other as to whose idea it was. Oh, it was really very funny. But this particular study was done in 1927, and they wanted to create, using birds, pigeons, and geese, they wanted to create a true state of anemia, which means there's no iron in the system because they bled the birds almost to the point of death. They left just enough blood. Oh, this just bothers me. But no, okay. no, stay with it. They wanted to see what's the body's response to having virtually no, no virtually no no blood, no iron. Yeah. And in the pigeons, there was a three-fold increase in copper enzymes. And in the geese, there was a six-fold increase in copper enzymes. And what does that mean? Copper's the general. Copper Copper oh. rose to say, we must de- deploy and create more we must gather blood the- and exactly. make it happen. Exactly. Oh. And the birds responded. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the last time that there was true iron deficiency anemia on the planet. 
unless you've been in an auto accident and you're bleeding out or you're in some physical stressor where there's blood loss, this idea that, oh, monthly blood loss is going to create it or, oh, I've got a hemorrhoid or, you know, oh, maybe that baby aspirant, that's bogus. Mm. It's called anemia of chronic inflammation and it's caused by a lack of copper. Period. Period. The Don't end. Don't ever take iron. What, what you've got to do, if you suspect you're anemic, quote unquote anemic. Because you have low energy. You have low you energy. You may have headaches and fatigue. Your, your, your blood you're markers, a woman. Your blood markers may be low on the blood markers. Yeah, the, the actual blood markers that the doctors who don't know what they don't know are looking at specific markers and then have that criteria already set up. When they say you're anemic, say, time out. Doctor, I'd like to rule out anemia of chronic inflammation. And then they've got to measure copper yeah. and ceruloplasmin, and it changes the game. Changes the game. Because then we're moving away from this childlike idea that we can't live without iron. When in fact, we find out that the iron is stuck in our tissue. It's not being recycled because there's a critical enzyme function in the recycling program that allows iron out, get back to our bone Is marrow. that why you suggest people give blood yeah. on this protocol. Yeah. And I went to give blood. And apparently if you've been diagnosed with Lyme disease, you're not allowed you're, to. Yeah, you're taboo. I know. So Molly's like, well, this is a problem because you really do need to do this. And I, I found Gigi, who has been on the podcast, Wilburn. She is an IV nurse and gives people portable IVs and stuff. And she helped me and she does my blood dump. Yeah. Because, no. and she asked me, why is this so important? And well, I said, I'm not really sure, but Dr. Morley's, not doctor, my doctor, Morley, my guru says, this is really important for me. You got, you got to learn, lower the iron footprint. Lower the iron footprint lower. that's already See, there. Here's the, here's the thing. What, by giving blood. You, so that your body wants to get the copper rays to replace. Is that why? That excess iron is choking the system. It's just stuck there. Yeah. Choking us. In the olden days, what did people do to get rid of it if we well, weren't like giving uh, blood and stuff? Up until the early 1800s, they were doing phlebotomies, they were doing bloodletting. Really? Very, it was very common. Very common. That's okay. Yeah. It's kind of what I thought, but I wasn't sure. So the, the thing is, the, an important number for people to understand if you go into the research, they'll tell you that people have between 3,500 to 5,000 milligrams of iron. To give you an order of magnitude, we have 100 milligrams of copper. So it's a tiny bit of copper to a lot of iron. Well, one of the things that the iron biologists agree on is that we take in a milligram of iron every day we're on the planet. Oh. So if you really want to know your iron, so get out your calculator, multiply your age. Okay, hold on. Multiply. I got to get there. Okay. <laughs> okay, multiply my age. So. I'll be 57 soon, so we'll just put 57. Times. Times. 365. Mm-hmm. And what's the number? 20,805. Yeah. So you don't, have, you don't have 5,000 milligrams of iron. You have four times more iron in your body. Oh. 20,000 milligrams of iron is different than 4,000 or 5,000. And so the challenge we've got is that our food system 
by virtue of changes in the farming practice and food processing. We're not getting the copper that we need. We're not getting 100 milligrams. We're not carrying 100 milligrams. And we're carrying four times more iron than we're seeing. We're, we're supposed to be like this, copper and iron. And we're like this. Yeah. And so it's, it's completely out of balance. And so all the little soldiers in our body are like in high alert all the time. Yeah. And that's what causes inflammation. Mm-hmm. Inflammation causes yeah. chronic stuff. Right. And so the, the, there's a very tight relationship between iron and adrenaline. Well, if you, have, oh. if you have estrogen dominance, guess what? Adrenaline dominance is not far behind. There's a wonderful book by James Platt on adrenal dominance. And it's, it's really, it, he connects a lot of dots. Is it saying what you're saying? But what he's forgetting is that... Still missing the copper. Still missing the copper. And what he uses is progesterone to help people. Mm. Okay. If you're adrenal dominant, I was on testosterone for a little while. Okay. Well, that didn't do you any favors. I people stopped. Who are, people who are adrenaline dominant are estrogen dominant. So that means their progesterone is really low. Well, how do you make progesterone? We've got to have magnesium and B6. Where does magnesium go? Magnesium burn rate to the oxidative stress in the system. B6, you got to have, it's called P5P, pyridoxine 5-phosphate, to activate it. You have you gotta have active is that what's in Well, yeah, but also the fact that the enzyme, pyridoxine five phosphate oxidase, mm-hmm. it's a copper enzyme. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So we can't make progesterone if we don't have we don't have that. We don't have copper preventing the magnesium loss and activating. So you can put all this crap in your body all you want, and your body's still not going to know what to do with it because well, you don't have the building blocks to make it happen. But what they're selling us is the post-activation form because they know we don't have the copper. And what does that do? It just doesn't do it. It does never solves the problem, right? No, it doesn't solve the problem. It, it oh, makes God. us dependent on that solution because we By don't... negating a whole step in our body. Exactly. It's not, it's not, built, not providing <laughs> the mineral to allow the pathway to work on its own. Saying, no, you be dependent on me. And if you've ever seen the movie Marathon Man with... Uh, Dustin oh, you Hoffman, told me about this. Dustin yeah. Hoffman and, and Lord Lawrence Olivier. He's a, he's the the crazy dentist. He can make pain or pleasure depending upon what pill he gives Dustin Hoffman. It's like it's a really powerful movie. But that's basically what's happening. Wow. Our, our food system, our pharmaceutical system, it's really different than what we think it is. So here you are. You come up with this. You're seeing great results. And you're trying to get this out to everyone right? because you can't, it's not like you can market this to the medical field because they don't want to hear it. Right. So what are you, how does this work? People like Carrie come into people's lives. Mm-hmm. Me, who's out there blowing on the horn. How do we get this out there? What are you doing? Um, I'm constantly doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of podcasts. This was definitely the best one for sure. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> no, it's, it's these are fun conversations. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been fortunate enough to have conversations with some really talented people. Yeah. Like Joseph McCullough. It's like I never would have expected. That. I've got my sights on Joe Rogan. I'd love. Oh love my him. gosh! Yes, you should do that. Yeah. You I'd should be that. on Oprah. Maybe I don't know. That's She's curious enough. Well, that would, I would never expect that, but that, that would be an interesting conversation. Because you're hitting so much of the population with her. Well, the, the thing that we haven't talked about, and uh, it's really interesting, there's a very brilliant animal farmer in Australia. Her name is Pat Colby, C-O-L-E-B-Y. She wrote four very important books, Natural 
goat care, sheep mm-hmm. care, horse care, and cattle care. I have all of those animals. So I you, probably should read the book. You really should. They're really they're Books. very they're very well written. But she makes a point that any animal that's copper deficient has parasites. Oh, that's why we deworm them. And any animal that has parasites is copper deficient. Interesting. Most of the people listening to this are copper deficient, which means you've got parasites. But she goes on to say that there was research done in Japan in the 1960s. I can't find the study. I'm not going to give up until I do. But she mentions it in all four books Hmm. that any animal, any animal, black cat, dog, Labrador retrievers, black Angus, Japanese, Chinese, African-Americans, Africans, Polynesians, anyone with black hair means you got a lot of melanin and usually tan skin very often. But you have more melanin. Right. Now, people with black hair need more copper in their diet. You're kidding. What would you guess the, the, the additional requirement is in order to support the black hair? How much more copper do they need? I have no idea. 1%? 2%? How I mean, it can't be that big a deal. 600%. Oh, my. <laughs> Six times more copper. Based upon this research, in Japan, 1960s, studying people with black hair. They need six times more copper. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. Now, here's a, here's a really cool story. Every shepherd has a flock of sheep, right? Huh? Right? And every shepherd has one black sheep. I have one black sheep. Why would you have a black sheep? I have no idea. Oh, well, she came with the white one. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> shepherds have a black sheep because they know... When white hair starts to show on the black sheep, they've got to move the herd to another pasture because they need more copper. copper. Oh, that's so interesting. Right. Oh, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And But copper's bad for sheep, by the way. Well, too much copper's bad for sheep. Yeah. But they know know that if the black sheep starts to present with white hair, Time. Time to move. I was just talking to to a, a friend of ours, and she, she's had had all sorts of health issues. And I said, "Well, what's your stress profile?" I always focus on what's what's the pattern of stress. What's going on? Yeah. When she was thirteen, her hair she didn't have black hair, but she had brown hair, and it was turning white at the age of thirteen. I said, "You were copper deficient." Interesting. She was freaking out when she heard that. And then all the tumblers fell into place. She said, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. So I was born with very dark hair. Okay. And then, I don't know, somewhere along. And my granddaughter was born with dark hair. And now it's getting much lighter. And all my kids were, too. Well, So I don't color my hair. But it's dark. Like, I had dark eyebrows, right? So does okay. that mean, what does that mean for me? The body is adjusting to the lack of copper. It's like, so are we all supposed to have dark hair? Is that what you're saying? I don't know if we're all supposed to have dark hair, but I mean, there are different So I didn't have milk. copper from when I was a little itty bitty baby. Oh, yeah. Do you have siblings? Yes, I do. Where are you now at? that I found my birth siblings, okay. they have dark hair. Where are you in the picking order? I'm the first one. You're the first. Okay. So she got the best download, but I don't know. It's a. At a very strap. So my mother was not married yet. Okay. She ended up marrying my biological father and having two more children with him. Okay. But she was not a happy camper when she was pregnant with me. And that's a very powerful dynamic that begins to undermine the mineral 
situation. Isn't that amazing? Again, people don't realize when you're under stress, you're losing minerals, especially magnesium and copper. Magnesium is acute stress, goes right into the urine. Mm. And chronic stress, like what we've been living with since March of 2020, there's a decimation of copper. It's, a, it's an underlying tone in our daily lives, whether we know it or not, it's right. there. Absolutely. It's like that buzz that no, you end is. up getting used to. That's exactly right. Yeah. And people don't are not aware of it. They don't know how energy is made. They, they know that picture from biology class. It's just one mitochondria. What should I worry about? Right. It's like. Well, and I was describing it. And it's, it's amazing. Once you start to pick at it, the research, tremendous insights that begin to come forward. So if you're interested in figuring this out and want to give us a whirl and say, you know what, I'm sick of being sick and I want to give my body the best chance I can while I'm here. It's our temple, people. It's what you got. What should people do? I think the easiest thing for people to do is go to the Magnesium Advocacy Group. It's on Facebook. They can just begin to read some of the threads. You want to dig a little deeper. You can join that. There's a community, RCP community. Root cause protocol community. 10 bucks a month. And we have Q&A sessions every two weeks. Yeah, it's really good. You can buy the book. Mm -hmm. There's a book, Cure Your Fatigue. That's the book for your protocol is Cure Your Fatigue? Yep. The The front half is what's the problem. The back half is what's the solution. Mm -hmm. And then if you really want to do the deep dive, join the um, RCP Institute, Root Cause Protocol Institute. It's a 16-week program. It's designed for anyone who's interested, and it usually breaks down into equal parts, a third, a third, a third, one-third practitioners who know the system's not working. They want to get to the That's truth. Carrie. Carrie did that. Right? Yeah. Then another group would be people like uh, the two of us, Wendy and me, who don't have any professional background, but we just want to help. Yeah. And yeah. then the third is moms who want to heal their family. Yeah. A lot of moms have gone through that course. Yeah. It's amazing. That's so great. And people can find you and the protocol and can, well, you're not doing as much right now. You're just well, stepping back for a minute. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm doing what I call a, a strabatical, a strategic sabbatical. I'm refocusing where do we need to go? And I'm, I'm just, right. I pulled back from doing the consults and doing all, a lot of the meetings. It's been a grind. I mean, I love oh, it. Yeah. But it's been 14 years of intense. Because like, everybody's sick. Well, yeah. You're never going to run out of clients. So what I, what I want to do is, what can we do to, to increase our reach? Mm-hmm. What can we do to accelerate the process? And so it, you need to step away from the, the fray to do that. And um, for people who really want to get to the protocol, the website is called rcp123.org, rcp123.org. And you donate your email address. We'll respect that and protect it. And then we'll send you a 50-page document. So it just depends on what, where do you want to tap that into. That document the- has the starts and the stops right. on like page 18 or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And go ahead and look at them, but definitely do the reading. Like I would read through the whole document before you actually go ahead and start the stops. But before you start the starts, yeah. I suggest you read through the documents. Easy reading, kind of. And if you if you are more inclined to listen, I've got about 200 podcasts. Out there. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, if, if you want to um, 
kind of a uh, longitudinal record of my thought. Find Ben Edwards. He's a physician in Lubbock, Texas. He mm-hmm. was the first I physician. That one. He was the first physician to to do the training, and I've been a guest on his program probably thirty plus times. And so that's the that's the record of my thought. Okay, over, those, over the those thirty years, conversations. Yeah. He was the one who said, "Well, it's actually a good thing you didn't get into medical school, right? Because you didn't get indoctrinated." That's right. And so, but I've been fortunate to talk to a lot of really exciting dynamic and this has been one of the more i think it's been real that's what i really appreciate about this conversation is you we're getting to some very significant issues so the people out there who are curious feeling kind of lost they're going to have a real sense of wow maybe this is something i should really yeah, consider yeah it's it, i've enjoyed the relaxed nature of the conversation oh good so well that. i'm not i'm not a thing no, no, it's, no. No, i'm just a curious person who wants to figure this out while i'm here on this you, earth and you want to help people yes we all need to figure out our purpose that's the whole idea of second wind that's right yeah exactly like yeah. let me bring it all let me just throw it all here and you pick and choose what works for you that's it that's it yeah but everyone needs to, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, at least read the RCP123.org. Least look it up, read through it. I'm sort of bringing it to my family and they're sort of buying into it, but I think they need to listen to this. Well, maybe this will help. I, I think what you might, the book exists in a physical ebook and An audio. audio. Get the audio and just yeah. listen. Because I think when you hear, what happened when you hear what the the nuance of change that took place in the farming system and the food system and the pharmaceutical system and then you're like wait a minute if this copper thing is so important and it's not in our environment well then maybe that would set the stage for the problems we have then you begin to it begins to shift your belief system about what's possible exactly so the audio is a real simple thing to uh, to listen to and i got a lot of people doing that they find they they love the I book. love audio. They love the book, audio but they book. they really appreciate being able to listen to it mm-hmm. at their convenience mm-hmm. when they've got a little bit of time, and it just helps them piece it together. Yeah, it is not all what we think it is for no, sure. Not at all. And Lyme disease and the different experts I had on and the books that have been written, and the documentaries under our skin was one of them proves. I'm just going to say it, corruption. And confusion. misaligned. I think confusion. Allies. Yeah, I mean, corruption's a—it's a harsh word, and it may be true, but confusion is a word we can all agree on. There's a lot of confusion out there. Okay. A lot of confusion. Kind of corrupt confusion, but okay. And, and now, and now we're living with chronic confusion mm-hmm. because of what happened a few years ago. Yeah. Well, Morley, thank you so much. Absolutely. For meeting yeah. with me, I have been. Yep. Since uh, that phone call on a Sunday as I'm driving through whatever state from Pennsylvania to Georgia, and you actually called me back and we talked and I was like, I'm going to get rid of this thing. Because right now, doctors who treat Lyme can't tell you you're ever going to get rid of it. Because if I keep taking the medicines like they want me to, I won't ever get rid of it. And I can honestly say, I'm going to do the testing again, which will be a year after the fact, the Igenix testing to prove, because I know it's gone. I know it's gone. And pathogens respond to energy. You got energy. You got everything. I got energy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And it also does this. 
Oh, yeah. And the mind has a lot to do with what we do. The branding that exists in doctor's offices is frightening. You have X, Y, Z. And they put it on your forehead. And then you, what's the first thing you do? You run home and look up that condition. Oh, oh that's what I've got. Those are my symptoms. Yeah. And then they got you. They, they, they put the hook in and then they got you. <sighs> there is no disease, folks. There's only stress-induced mineral dysregulation that causes metabolic dysfunction, that creates oxidative stress, that creates symptoms. There is no disease. Of dis-ease in the body. Yeah. yeah. There is no disease. The Merck manual is just a story. Mm. It doesn't really exist. Yikes. And if you can get to that state of awareness, then suddenly you, you have this empowerment. You're like, well, wait a minute. I, mean, I remember talking to a, a, an older client. She had like 18 different symptoms. And from going through all this, she goes, wait a minute. So if I just change the supplements I'm taking, I can get past all this? And I said, yeah, yeah, pretty says, much. I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been hard, and I have spent like not a lot of money doing this. I told my husband I've saved you so far. I've saved you seven thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, because those are the things I didn't buy. Yeah, no, that's a great way to position it. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued. Wendy's wearing cowboy boots. Oh, cowboy boots. And maybe in our in our next chat, we're going to talk about the cross mm -hmm. on your boots. Because you're you're not going to believe what the cross stands for. On my boots? On your boots. I have a cross on my boots? Oh, yeah, I do, right there. Oh, is it something bad? No, it's something very good. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, what does that say? This is a protein. Oh, my goodness. In our body that's called laminin. It looks just like the cross on my boots. It looks exactly like the cross on our boots. And... How funny you saw that. This, this protein is what organizes the cell. Every cell has laminin in it. Put on your thinking cap. What do you think runs laminin? What's the battery? Oh, is it copper? Ding, ding, ding. And that's uh, the, this is the electron microscope of it. Wow. This is a really big deal, folks. Copper runs wow. the body. And I think it's very entertaining. I just learned this yesterday. And Wendy shows up with cowboy boots with a... You just learned this yesterday? Yeah. And there's there's the cross on her boots symbolizing the importance of copper. And I just thought to wear them. Isn't that interesting? No, I think it's preordained. Preordained? Yeah. No, that's pretty well, cool. I'm all about that stuff. That's great. Well, Morley, thank you so much for your time. And when I get my results back uh, that I've been cured... Maybe we'll re-meet. That'd be great. I'd love it. And uh, we'll go from there. And I don't know what I can do, but I want to get, get you out to as many people. So well, I'm going to, yeah. I think I should write a letter to Oprah and Joe. Yeah. Say, hey, hey, fellow podcaster. Yeah, right. Hey, take a listen to me. You need to have yeah, my friend Morley on your show immediately. Do not pass go. Do not collect $100. Just get him on your show. I we need to hear you. this information. Well, I, I, here's, the, here's the way I look at it. I think people need to be given a choice. Yeah. He, with this information, you decide, do you want to take responsibility for your health or do you want to continue to go down the game? Oh, it's the same choice. Do you have bacon at breakfast or do you forego it? Right. 
give people the choice. Die, not die. (laughs) I I just think people, I think people deserve to know there's more to the story. Yeah. And once you learn that, decide whether you want to engage with that or stay with your original program. Yeah. And the numbers, the way they play out, it's about 2% of society that wants to be empowered. Now, I I think that number can grow. But the thing is, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But most people. And all the money's going to keeping them like. Most people. Drugged up? Most people want to stay with the pack. Uh, people don't like to stray from the crowd. Oh, yeah. And this Just take a look at COVID. Is all about straying from the crowd, being the black sheep. You think I'm not the black sheep in my family? Mm. So the thing is, you've got to be willing to go to cut against the grain. But when you cut against the grain, the road less traveled, great book by M. Scott Peck. That was one of the most powerful books in my life. But the road less traveled produces the most fruit. And I think that's what people need to know is that there is another road out there. It's not as well traveled, but it's really empowering. And and I think people deserve that choice. Ah, well said. Well, folks, start thinking about this. Take a look at the website and to your health. Breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.